Way to go. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Doral Vineyard. How many of you guys are glad to be here? What? I am super happy to have you guys all here. Thank you for coming. And today we are kicking off, well, actually, we're not, we're continuing a brand new series. So let me first just say my name is Abdi, and I serve as the lead pastor here, and we're so happy that you guys made it today. We are going to continue in our brand new series we kicked off last Sunday that we called, anybody remember what it's called? It's called the? Somebody was listening. The <laughs> nuclear option. I love it. And if you look underneath where you're sitting at, there should be a little piece of paper that looks like this. And this is our gift from us to you because we love you so much, but it's for you to give it away to someone else. So it's from us to you to give it away, to pass it on and let someone else know that at your church, at DV, we have an amazing series that I believe is very meaningful. It's gonna, I've already heard, I was, I was surprised how last Sunday folks came up to me and told me how, what a meaningful message last Sunday was. And so I believe today is going to be just as good, and we're in a series here, so feel free, put it in your car, put it on your fridge, make sure, think of somebody, take a picture of it, send a text to somebody, and invite someone to come with you or pick them up or kidnap them and bring them next Sunday, because I think it's going to be a meaningful time, all right? So if you have your Bibles, would you open them up to the book of John, chapter 13? We're going to look at verses 34 and 35, 34 and 35, and um, yeah, so let me just give you a little bit of a, of a context of what uh, this series is all about, because when you hear the words nuclear options, like, what is that about? Some of you that are new are like, nuclear option? What is that about? So what, I, I, th- what we're doing in this series is we're, we're looking at things in our lives, that we cannot overcome just, it's not as simple thing to overcome. We, we need to do something different in our lives in order to overcome it. And, and I, I shared with you guys how if you have a used car, which I, I believe Donovan's going to be having a new, a new used car from now on. Um, uh, so if you have a used car, you ever take it to the mechanic and they have that part, you know, you're, you're, something's wrong because the light is on in your engine, you know, you go take it to the mechanic, the mechanic's like, oh yeah, there's this part, I found the problem, it's this part, but this part, it's not worth to fix it, it's just better to buy a whole new part, just throw that part away, and so in this nuclear option, that's what we're talking about, that that sometimes there are things in our lives, it's just not worth to fix, we just need to replace the whole thing, or blow it all up, and start all over again, I shared with you guys how the other day, about a week and a half ago, that happened to me on this thing, I was going at it, pounding away some text, talking to five people, texting, chatting to five people at the same time. I was amazed that, I'm like, I actually thought this. As I'm working away at these texts, I'm like, wow, this thing is keeping up with me pretty well. And as soon as I said that, it froze up. And I was like, wait, it's not working. No matter what I did, I would press the buttons, press the side buttons, plug, unplug, none of it would work. And I didn't know what to do. And I'm like, this is not one of those phones. You can just take the battery out as easy. What do you do? And I was just, struggling what do i do finally i learned that if you just hold one button and this other button down and you just hold it for a long time and i did that all of a sudden my screen went black it went black went dark and i was like "Uh uh-oh i hope that's good and as i kept holding then i see the light this little apple comes back on real nice and bright and i'm like okay and then it worked again and what i had to do is i had to do this hard reset in order for this to work again And sometimes in our lives, that's what we got to do, y'all. 
We gotta hit a hard reset in our lives because any other way, it just ain't gonna work. We cannot continue to do life as we normally do it and expect to be able to overcome whatever issue is going on in our lives. See, you and I both have issues in our lives, and I say both because I do too, that are contrary to biblical issues. And the only way we're gonna overcome these issues is not by doing what we normally do to get over them. We gotta do something that we gotta break with protocol. We gotta do something that, that we, we gotta new, we can't, we gotta do you know, new normal, new life. We, we gotta hit that proverbial, push that proverbial red button in our lives, push it down and let the whole thing come down and start all over again. And so that's what the nuclear option is all about. Last week, we had a great time. We talked about, last week, we talked about how many of us, many of, most of us, <laughs> have this issue that when we compare ourselves with others, the less content we are and the dangers in that. Next week, I'm really excited because we're going to talk about authenticity. And we're going to talk about how we live in a culture that all too often pushes us to live in this ultra-filtered life that we keep so many things away from other people. And what I'm learning is that the more filtered we are, the less authentic we become. And so next week, I'm really excited. I hope you will invite someone to come. I think it's gonna be really meaningful for some of us here, for many people here in this series about how to have authentic, meaningful relationships in your life. All right, and so today, though, I, what I want to do is I want to talk about this scripture, and what I want you to do is, I don't know if you noticed, but I actually brought my sunnies up here. See, in Australia, I've been to Australia, they call these sunnies, and so I, I, I want you to look at this message through the lens, I didn't have white ones, so these are my dark ones, but through the lens of John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, the rest of our time together, I want you to hear this message through the lens of this scripture. So I want you guys to look at that scripture and let's read it together. This is the words of Jesus. But before we jump into that, let me give you a little context of what's going on in John chapter 13. See, in John chapter 13, Jesus did this, just did something that was pretty amazing. What did he do? He got down on his knees in front of his disciples, took off his robe and, and put a little towel on, and he got a little bowl and he placed it next to him and he's about to wash the feet of his disciples. And I cannot underestimate or tell you guys how stunning, how radical this was for the master, the teacher, the professor to do this, take off his clothes and wrap himself with a towel and get on his knees. See, I can just imagine the disciples looking at Jesus saying, Jesus, what are you doing? No, 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 don't do that. Where's the servant? What are we paying for? Where's that servant? Where, let me see if I can find that. Jesus, get up, get up, don't do that. Don't, you're, the, you're the professor, you're the instructor. Don't be on your knees. And, and that's what he is. He's on his, no, 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 I gotta do this. Jesus is on his knees. He's like, I gotta do this. I, I gotta do this because if I don't do this, you won't hear me any other way. See, I gotta break with the norm. I gotta do something I got to hit the push, the proverbial nuclear option, because you won't, I can't do business as usual. You won't hear this. This is so important. I would just say to you guys that if you forget everything else we say today, everything else we do in our series, you forget everything else of what would happen in the service today, if you leave with these next three words, if you never come back to the Doral Vineyard, which my prayer is that you do, but if you never come back and all you remember is these three words, I would say our work is done. 
It was so important for Jesus. Jesus is on his knees and he's like, look, you won't hear this any other way. So I gotta do this. Leave the servant over there. I gotta do this. So he gets the disciples and he starts washing their feet. And once he does this, the disciples are like leaning in. They're like mystified. All right, Jesus, you got my attention now. What is it that you wanna say? Let's look at John 13, verse 34 and 35. A new command, he says, I give you. And what is this command? Let's all say it together. These next three words, let's say it together. Doral Vineyard with great 1145 because of the time change. Enthusiasm, are you ready? These next three words are? Love one another. He said, as I have loved you, you must, what? You guys help me out, all of you, come on. Do a little bit better than you just did. Help me out, say it a little louder. You gotta work with me today, all right? He said, you must, what? Love one another. You must love. By this, Jesus said, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you what? You guys help me out one more time. If you love one another. I don't know if it's going to become so annoying for you today during our talk, but I'm going to ask you to repeat it over and over again because this is like it, y'all. This is it. We want you to remember and hear this and hear it well, all right? So let's say it one more time. If you love one, let's say it two more times. If you love one another. One more time. If you love one another. Notice what Jesus didn't say in the passage, right? I was surprised by what Jesus didn't say in that passage. He didn't say, you know, a new command I give you. Look, man, I'm about to die, disciples. I want you to hear this because you might forget. You, you know what you need to do? You need to have really good theology about who I am. If you would just have good theology, that's really the most important. That's not what he said, right? Although good theology is super important, right? Like we need good theology. We need good theology of the church, right? Ecclesiology. We need good theology of, of, of Christ, of Jesus. Christology. We need good theology of the Holy Spirit. Pneumatology. We need good theology in our lives. But Jesus, he didn't say that was the most important thing you need to know. Notice what else he didn't say. You know what? You know how people are going to know if you're my disciple? If you go to church. If you just go to church every Sunday, people are going to know that you're my disciple. No. Although going to church, don't get me wrong, right? <laughs> we want you to go to church. That's important. But that's not what Jesus said is the most important thing, that people are going to know that you're uh, our disciples if you go to church. Uh-uh. Notice what else he didn't say. Well, if, if you just have one of those religious bumper stickers on the back of your card, you know, a little DV logo right there on the back, you know, I'm actually kind of happy that some of you guys do not wear or put a DV logo on the back of your car. I've seen the way you drive. And I'm just like, no, don't, because I know, it sure as heck no, people will not know that you're a follower of Jesus by the way you drive, right? But notice what he says. He says, if you love one another, and yet, although we, this, this is so true that, that if you love, they're, they're going to know that we're disciples by the way we love one another and we treat one another. With the way that we treat other, the sacrificial love that we treat other people, that's how they're going to know that we love one another. They're going to know that. 
They will know that we are disciples by how we love. I want you to listen to the rest of our time together today through those lens. Love one another. Love one another. Love one another. So let me ask this question. Have you ever noticed how, um, how we're like so connected today in our culture? It's, we, we are so connected. I remember that it wasn't too long ago we were writing letters to people, right, and putting it in the snail mail to get to other people, right? Now we don't even have to pay for long-distance phone calls anymore. All you have to do is get on WhatsApp, and you can video chat. I have a seven and a soon-to-be six-year-old son that, hey, if you don't video chat, that phone call never really happened. They're growing up in a generation. That's the norm. This is how we communicate to other people. It's through video chat. And you know, it's amazing how so connected we are, and yet so disconnected we are with other people. You ever notice that? That it's so easy to like get together with, uh, but, but get connected to other people, but yet we're so disconnected in our lives. And yet, although we can be so connected, we are so disconnected. Some of us, we don't even know how to simply have friendships with other people, how to have meaningful relationships with others. And I, I want to talk to you today about that. How do we have meaningful friendships and relationships with others? So the first scripture we're going to look at is in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And it says, the author of Hebrews, he says this, he said, let us think of ways, and I love this, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing if a group of us got together and let's say, let's just get together and just decide what could we do that we could be so aggressive about that other people would know that the way we love each other is how God loves them. That other people would know that we are followers of Jesus by the way we love each other. What could we do that would be amazing. That's what he's saying in the scriptures. He goes on to say in verse 25, and let us not neglect our what? Say it with me. And he said, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another as the day draws near. Let us not neglect our meeting together. And so what I want to do is I want to rediscover the power some of us, we need that. We need to rediscover the power of meeting together, of gathering together, of getting together again. What, what, what is this? In fact, Jesus said it this way. He said, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. There is power when we gather. There is power when we come together and we worship, right? Whenever we come together with other believers in the name of Jesus, we experience the very real power and presence of God. Can you say yes? In a supernatural way. Now, does that mean that we don't ever experience God's presence alone? Absolutely not. We can absolutely experience God's presence alone. We want to encourage you. You can, but there's something about, there's something about gathering together. There's something powerful that when we come together with other believers and we seek God, we seek God in prayer and we hold hands together and we put our hands on each other's shoulders and we come together and we worship God together. There's something about, there's something powerful that happens when we do this together. We petition the throne room of God together. 
Come, Lord, experience your power in a supernatural way. And there's something that happens when we collectively worship our God together like we just did. Something happens, our God, we lift up holy hands to God and we start worshiping together. All of a sudden, God's power comes. His presence comes. Something happens when you open up the word of God together. You grab the scriptures and you're together and you're reading John 3.16 as you read it millions of times. As you know it, you see it in football games. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There's something powerful in this when you do it together. Something happens. There's power there. All right, you can think about it this way. God didn't actually, he loved his people so much, he didn't actually shout from heaven, hey, you guys, I love you, I love you. No, actually, you know what? God did that. He tried that for for thousands of years. He tried to shout his love from heaven. No, he decided, you know what? Bump that. (laughs) I gotta hit the nuclear option on that. That's not working anymore. I gotta come down in the flesh and come in in the flesh and come face to face with someone and say, I love you. This is how God did it. He he said, I'm not gonna shout from heaven. I'm gonna show you in person how much I love you. I'm gonna come in the form of my flesh. I'm gonna leave my heavenly glory and I'm gonna become one of us. God became flesh among us. He dwelt among us. In fact, Jesus' name is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. He's here. He's with us. God became one of us in the person of Jesus. And, and what did he do? He lived with us. He loved us. He, he loved others that, that were rejected. He loved others that the religious community would not give a second thought. They thought that they, that they were not worthy. He ate with, and he dined with, and he fellowshiped with, with tax collectors and, and, and prostitutes. And just because my finger's over here, I'm not pointing at anybody. I'm not calling anybody a prostitute or anything. But, but, and sinners, and I'll point at all of y'all, and me too. We're all sinners. But he, that's what he did. He dined with them, and he showed them love, and he loved it. He loved to do that. He, he showed them love, and there was something about his presence that was so powerful. And yet many of us, we settle for something less. And so what I want to do today is I, I want to get really practical, just as practical as Pastor Abby can be. And I want to give you two thoughts today that I think will really help you. Two thoughts that I think are so necessary, especially for the culture that we live in today. And if you apply these, I promise you that the Holy Spirit will use these things that you, that you apply and he'll give you a relationships and friendships that you always wished you had. And, and they'll, they'll be far more than they are even today. So two thoughts if you're taking notes and you can even... Feel free to take pictures of the screens as they come up. I mean, you know, Renee worked really hard. They're really nice. Um, you can take pictures if you want to use it as you, you know, take notes on or whatever. But the first thought is this, and I would love everybody to say it. The first one is show up. Everybody say show up. Show up. It's your first, first thought. In fact, everybody say this. Everybody say, I will love. I will love. You guys, that's not everybody. I will love, I love. People, people by showing up. Hey, the good news is that if you're married, you can love your spouse in a whole lot of other ways than just by showing up. But that's a whole different message, which I would love to preach to you today. But I'm gonna, if you say yes, I'll continue with where I'm at. Nobody said, okay, okay, okay. So, um, so if, Paul said it this way in Romans chapter 12, verse nine. He said, don't just pretend to love others. 
Don't just pretend. Let's not, not you know, keep it at a shallow level. Let's really, look what he says. He says he wants you to really love them. He says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. When God's people are in need, you be ready to help them. You love people. You really love them. You are present in their lives. Somebody say, show up. Let's do a little exercise, if you will, together, all right? Let's do a little exercise. Let's suppose you got a friend or a family member or whatever, and they just got really bad medical news. Or let's say you have a friend that, you know, they, they are, their, their scholarship was revoked for college, and now they don't know what they're going to do. Or let's say you got a call from your friend that your boy, their boyfriend just broke up with them. Or, or let, let's say you got some, you know, car got stolen, right? <laughs> your car got stolen. What, 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 what should you do? What, what should you, what, what's an acceptable way to show love? In our culture today, an acceptable way to show love is to what? Is to pound out a text, right? Just go ahead, grab your phone, and you pound out a text. Hey, man, I'm thinking about you. I'm sorry about the car, man. I'm sorry this happened to you, and you just pound out a text, right? I'm thinking about you. Just FYI, if you ever say send me a text that says, I'm thinking about you. I appreciate that, and I want you to think about me, but I'm going to ask everybody if you would take the next step and not just think about me, but pray for me too. I, I would really, I need your prayers, y'all. I need your prayers, because every Sunday I get up here and I speak these messages. You know what happens during the week? The enemy comes and tries to pound me out, and so I need your prayers. So if you want to think about me, I love it, send me that. But also take the next step and pray for me as well. So an acceptable way in our culture to show love to someone else is to send them a text, right? What, let's take it up a notch since we're followers of Jesus and we want people to know that, that, that we love each other, right? What else could we do, right? Some of you, we don't even remember. We just think this is all just for typing. But back in the day, it used to be for, right? Check, check, one, two, Red Rover, Red Rover, come in, over. This would, you would talk on this thing too, right? So you could actually make a phone call and find out. And when you, when you call somebody, what happens is you can actually hear the tone on the other side of their voice. And you can ask them questions that a text message you'll never get to. You could send text messages, but when you call them, you hear the tone and you hear how they respond and you're like, let me ask this other question because I saw, because maybe it's not so much about the car getting stolen, it's about the uncle passing away. Man, you, you, I'm using you as my illustration, but yeah, maybe it's not so much about that. Maybe it's more about, so Donovan, tell me about that, or brother, tell me, or sister, tell me about what's going on. I wanna, I wanna hear about that. But let's just get a little crazy now, right? We just talked about texting, right? We talked about phone. What's another thing you could do? You could show, you could jump on your bicycle, get on the bus, Whatever you use, your, your Harley, your fat boy, get on whatever you do, your car, drive across town, and you could actually show up to their house. That's a beautiful thing. Think about that. Think about that. You could actually show up to their house. I mean, you could be there in person. This became very real to me, I will say, um, in a drastic way. When I was in my early 20s and I was learning, I had just begun to, to, to do this pastor thing. I had felt called all my life, but I was actually like, I got hired to, to pastor, right? Uh, and so within the first week, I was pastoring some students, and I got a call within the first week from the church. One of the people from the church, members of the church, told me that um, three 
teenage boys had just lost their dad. And so I, you know, I finished seminary. I might have been just finishing up seminary, and I'm like, man, I guess I gotta, like, do the pastor there. I gotta show up. And so I'm driving, and I'm praying. I'm like, God, I don't know what to say, but I pray you help me, and, and, and God, um, would you just give me the words? And God, would you just please help me not to mess this up? Okay, I mean, that's really my prayer. I'm driving over to their house, and I get to the house, and, um, and I don't know if you noticed, but usually if you get to a house, people never use the front door. They always use the side door, so I, I knew that. Now, mind you, I was a little bit nervous because I'm in rural Oklahoma, and I'm Latino, and I'm driving up to, you know, rural Oklahoma. I'm driving to the side of the house. I'm hoping I don't get, me, you know, met with a, you know, <laughs> what is a Latino? I don't need my grass cut. What are you doing in my house? You know, I, I, I just, I was a little bit nervous. So uh, that was another part of my prayer. God, please don't let anything happen to me. And so I knock on the door, and and the lady was very sweet, opened the door, she kept the screen door between us, because, you know, what are you doing, I don't know who you are, and so I, you know, identified myself, hey, I'm sorry that, um, sorry that uh, you're lost, I, you know, uh, I'm from the church, you know, I'm the, the, the student guy at the church, at your church, actually, and I just wanted to say I'm so sorry, and wanted to check on you, wanted to check on the boys, how are they doing? And the lady was like, oh, okay, just a moment. And she closed the door, and she went upstairs, and she got the boys, and the boys came out, and all three boys came out. And they did recognize me. And I just kind of walked over like this, and like this, and I just gave them a group hug. And we just group hugged right there, and the tears just started flowing and crying, snot, snobbing, everything going. And I'm just hugging like this. And I don't know for how long, but it, it felt like forever. And as, you know, I'm holding this right here, I'm like, I should do something like pastoral at this moment. Like, I'm a pastor, you know? And so I'm like, let me pray. And so I prayed, and I prayed a really simple, God, help them. Amen. I was really nervous. And so I got done, and I'm walking to the car, and I was like, man, that was so pathetic. You could have done such a better job than that. Man, I prayed you wouldn't mess it up. You totally messed that thing up. Got in the car, and I'm like, man, I was horrible. And I'm driving, and I remember a couple days later, I got this letter from the family, beautiful letter from the family, and it read something like this. It said, you know, when you came to the house, it felt as if God's love came with you. And the part that made me laugh was, and what you said to us, and I was like, I didn't say anything. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I, I pretty much remember. Are you sure it was me? Because I didn't say anything. But what you said to us was so meaningful. Listen, a text message, no matter how good of, you know, eloquent wordsmith I would have been, a text message I would have sent, even though there was no text message at that time, this was 20, long time ago, okay? But there was no text message. But had I done that, even that would not have been enough, would not have reached the way when I just showed up. Would not have meant as much than when I would have just showed up. And so, I, I, I don't know what, what it's going to be for you guys. I, I don't know uh, uh, what, how it's going to translate for you. Um, but I remember a couple years ago, uh, I was in the ministry, and it got pretty hard. And I was hurting. The weight of the ministry was a lot. And I, was, I, I pounded out a text to all my my friend pastors, four or five of them, and I said, hey, you guys, I need your prayers. This is tough. And I 
pray, I sent this text message, and I got text, me- I got, you know, we're in a chat, the local, some local young pastors were in this chat, so I texted it, and I got chickies, and you know, we got all these languages, we're trying to communicate to each other, it's like, no, that's not what I said, and, and we express it in different ways, this is our city, I love it, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, but you know, we, 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 we can, it can get messy, absolutely, misunderstandings happen, but, but, but we do it, you know, we, we, we do it, it might mean you do something, something crazy. In our society today, we think we've made it when we live in a, in a gated community. And I, I just want to encourage us to put the walls down and just something crazy. Invite people over to your house. Invite someone over that, that maybe you know would never get invited. Invite that young person that you know could never ever invite you back, right? But you just invite them over. You say, you know, come on over. Let's just have lunch together. Let's just do life. I, I just, and with no agenda, you just sit down and you just let the conversation go. You just sit down, you just let the conversation, whatever you want to talk, let's just talk, let's talk, let's pray, let's laugh, let's cry, remember, let's cry, you have no idea how hard it was, you know, whatever it is. We just get together and we talk and, and we do this and we do life together. It might be that you invite someone. You know, some of you right now, you are longing, longing for something more. And spiritually, I'll just tell you what you're missing. You are missing the joy and the blessing of a faith community, of opening up God's word with other people and doing life together and encouraging one another. And does it get messy? I, like I said, heck yes. Heck yes, but guess what? We do life together. We do life, t- in, in our church, we call it a small group. That's what it is. And on that wall outside, when you walk outside, there's a little wall that gives you all of our small groups that happen throughout the week. And it's a great way to take the next step because life is better together. I don't know how this is going to apply to you, but I pray that by the Spirit of God that He is speaking to you right now. I pray that He is speaking to you and that you will intentionally take a step forward in whatever you have to do to show up and to be known and to get to know. Whatever it is in your life. Let's look at what the the scripture, well, number one is to show up. Everybody say show up. Number two, and you can take a picture of the screen if you want to. Number two is this. It's to be all there. Don't just, don't just be physically present, but be emotionally completely engaged in the moment. There's a guy who I highly respect. I followed him for many years. He's passed on now. We actually read the book when we went, uh, read about his life this summer when we went to Cuba as a preparation. He's a missionary. He wrote, um, he wrote, he has a book that has his own journal entries called Under the Shadow of the Almighty. He's been a huge inspiration to me for the last 20 some years. And in it, he has these amazing quotes. In it, one of them, he says, wherever you are, be all there. And I love that. Wherever you are, his name is Jim Elliott, be all there. Look at how Peter says it in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. He says, continue to what? To show what? Let's all say it aloud. Continue to show is it up there? Why, 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 why? Let's all say it aloud. Ready? Continue to show deep love for each other. Continue to show deep love for each other. We're talking about a deep spiritual engagement where we're, we're all in, where the person next to you, in front of you, in the room, is the most important person to you at this time. Think about this, and I guarantee you, all of you have probably seen this. Some of you have probably done it. You're sitting, you go to a restaurant, right? Let's pretend I'm in a restaurant, 
and sitting at the table. And, and what do you see? You see everybody, what are they doing? Four or five people at the table, and they're just... Everybody, the adults as well as the kids, they're just going away, those teenagers, they're just going away, not even talking to each other. But even, listen, it happens even in my house, right? My two little boys, they'll invite their friends over, they'll come over, and what do they do? They, sit, they all sit on the couch, and they're all on this, not on their phone. Nobody has a phone in my, but anyway. Uh, so they're, they're on their electronic. They're just, I'm like, they're all together, but they're all alone. They're not interacting with each other. They're all alone. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Parents, you've done this, I'm sure. I know I have your kids begging for your attention. Mom, dad, look, look at my drawing. Look at my drawing. And you're like, yeah, yeah, wait a second. I got to check this out because today is Sunday and there's so much football on right now. And this is really important right now. And this is going to change my life if the Giants lose again. Oh, wait, I didn't go there. I think about it, how incredibly rude it would be if I'm sitting down here and, and you're sitting with me, right, and we're having coffee, and all of a sudden you're talking to me, you're talking, and I'm like, let me just, hold on a second, no, keep talking, I grab a book that I have in my back pocket, let me go to page 57, no, keep going, and I just start reading, because I'm almost done with this chapter, that's, that's just, just the thing, and so you just keep reading until you get to the end of the chapter, and then you close it up, and you're like, you know, carry on, carry on, and you put the, you know, your, your book in the back pocket, and then a couple minutes later, you're like, oh, wait, I got my little to-do list here. Let me pull out my to-do list. Oh, yeah, um, I got to call the repair guy for the air conditioner. And, oh, I get, can't forget to change. And you're, like, talking to me that whole time. And I'm, like, writing down, call the, um, change the oil. That's right, I got to do that. Oh, I can't forget to buy the butter. No, no, keep going, keep going. And then I fold it up and I put it away. What are you thinking? You're sitting here looking at me like, what is wrong with this person, right? A few minutes later, we keep talking, and all of a sudden, I see someone, and I'm like, hey, what's up? Who's still, how you doing, Papa? I haven't seen you. I, I, I was here last week. Were you here last week? I don't know if you were here. You were here? Anyway, I remember you were here. Well, God is good. See you later, man. Good to see you. And I come back, and I sit down. We keep having this conversation. What are you thinking? What's wrong with this guy? right? What in the world is wrong with this guy? And I just saw these translations. Does anybody, <laughs> it's a little late. Sorry if anybody needs translation. Um, sorry, but yeah, what are you thinking? You're like, you're like, what is wrong? But this is what we do all the time, isn't it? It's what we do all the time. We're face to face with someone that matters to us, and the whole time we're on this, the whole time we're on this, we're, we're looking, we're doing this, and here's the problem. Here's the problem. Every time this thing buzzes, every time this thing whistles, every time it beeps, every time it chimes, what do we want to do? Oh, 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 who's, who's calling me? Oh, I can't miss this call. What was going on in the world? I can't miss, who's saying what? Who posted what picture? Who's doing what? I, gotta, I can't miss this. Hold on, hold on. And at the same time, the most important person, it could be your child, is in front of you, and you can't even because you're on Pinterest. Because you're on something else looking at this and you're, you're, they're, they're wanting to talk to you, right? Listen, and I, I, I hope you'll hear me. At the end of your life, it's not going to matter what email you didn't respond to. It's not going to matter what goes on here. At the end of your life, it's going to matter how you loved one another. Ooh, somebody's hearing me today. At the end of your life, it's going to matter how you love one another. They're going to know that you're a follower of Jesus by the way you what? Love one another. Absolutely. 
Your children are begging for your attention. You might say, well, Pastor Abdi, but they're on theirs too. They're over there doing their thing. Yeah, but what we have to do is pull it away and make life so much more meaningful. Show them that there's more to life than what's going on right here in front of them. There's a lot more of life going on in the world than getting stuck in that face-to-face. And you know, maybe for you it's not the phone. For me it is. But maybe for you it's not. Maybe for you it's your hobby. Maybe for you it's your computer. Maybe for you it's your, you know, your, yeah, your hobby, your, your, your TV. Maybe it's your TV. Maybe you're still stuck on that TV. And, you know, maybe it is. For me it's this. But I've just decided I'm going to refuse to let anything govern my life. Anything tell me what to do. I'm not going to do that anymore. So you might have to institute some rules in your heart, in your family. You might have to have some conversations. Let's look at what 1 John Chapter 3, verse 18 says, help me out. Dear children, good, good. Let us not, what, merely what? Somebody help me out. Let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us do what? Let us show the truth by our actions. Listen, don't just pray for me. Pray with me. Don't just be there. Be all there, right? Be there. Be all there with me. Pray with me. Get involved. Ask about how you're doing, who they are. You know, this was the greatest weapon of the first century church. The first century followers of Jesus, they were so persecuted by the outside forces. They were so persecuted by the outside forces that if anyone had a need, do you know what they would do? You know what they would do? In the early church, if anyone had a need, they they would sell their possessions. They would sell it, get money for it, and then they would help the person that had a need. You know what the scripture says? The scripture says that there was no needy person among them. There was no needy person. And the skeptical world, they looked on and they're like, look, 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 I don't know about all this Jesus coming back from the dead thing. I don't know if he resurrected or not, but you know what I can tell you? I can tell you that they love each other no matter what. And you know what? I want what they have. The way they love each other, the way they, I want that. That's what the world was finding out when they would look. They wanted this. And Jesus said it this way. They will know that you are my disciples by the way you love one another. Not by how many friends you have, how many people like you, what emails you responded to. No, it's by your love. They'll know and sense your love when you get involved in their lives, when you care for them, where they are, when you open up your heart and you share what's going on in your life and you see something in in them and you're like, man, I want to help you. And then you ask him what it is. You can say, you know, people that that are not followers of God, you, you just show them love. And they'll say, well, well, what's going on? Why are you doing this? What, what, why? Because I don't know if you've gotten that. People have said that to me. Why are you doing this? And you're like, look, I'm on a mission from God. God has forgiven me so much so that I, I can't help but help you and serve you in this way. And my hope is that you'll feel this love and you'll accept this love and you'll accept this freedom and this forgiveness that I've found in my life. The reason why I preach this with such passion is because I am sick of my inability to control this right here. I am sick of it. 
and I refuse to be mastered by this. I refuse to be mastered by anything that is not, it's counterfeit. And the whole time what I really want is, is real and more love. And I refuse to be a slave to that. And anything, you know, for you, like I said, it could be something else. It could be your computer. It could be a TV show. I refuse. What I will do, though, is I'm going to leverage this. See if I can find it. I will leverage this for the gospel. You know, I'll send out text messages. I'll send out pictures. I will. I'll leverage this as best as I can. But you know, God did not just shout from heaven, I love you. He came down in a person. He came face to face to tell you that he loves you. He showed it on earth. God became flesh in the person of Jesus. God with us. Would you bow your heads and let me pray with you today? And as you bow your heads, what you're doing is you're just kind of blocking out distractions. And we're just going to pray. So, Father, I pray that in your presence, that your Holy Spirit would do a work in our church that, we, that the world would know that we are disciples of Jesus by the way we love one another. And as you take a moment and pray, many of you, you're going to recognize this is a problem. It may be a very big problem for you. Certainly it is a problem for somebody that's close to you. And if you recognize that this is impacting relationships, sometimes it's positive, but oftentimes it's negative. <clears throat> and you want God to have free reign and bring adjustments in your life. You want something better. You want to enjoy the blessings of whatever it is, but you never want it to replace the blessings of face-to-face -face intimacy. You're honest and you recognize, you know what, this is an issue. God, would you help me to manage it wisely and never settle for less than what is your best for me? If that's you today, would you just be really, really honest and let's not just hear this and move on, but let's be doers of what God is showing us. If you're really honest and say, you know what, I want this help. Would you just stand with me right now? Just all over this place. By standing up, you're saying, this is an issue for me. <clears throat> and so God, I thank you for those people who are open to what you're saying. I pray, God, that we would genuinely have a fear of missing, not what someone says, but fear of missing what matters to you most and what, what should matter to us most. And God, give us wisdom as we discuss with our family, not out of an anger or out of a judgmental heart, but even compassion. God, I never want my life to be so empty that I'm sucked into things that would never fill it. I want my life to be full of what matters most. And so God, would you, pre would you please give us wisdom today as we discuss and give us love and grace as there are conversations <clears throat> between husbands and wives between parents and children, between friends. God, for those that are lacking a true, genuine, spirit-filled community, I pray that this moment, that you would nudge their hearts to take that step and say, no more. Life is better together. I need other believers together. I, I want to be in a community where we truly open up and we show our love to one another. We're known by the way we show our love. God, as followers of Jesus, I pray that we would be moved to be all, <clears throat> to be all in, in the lives of people, deeply engaged in their lives. 
and that the world would look on and say, wow, 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 those people, they really know how to love. Those people, they must be Jesus people because I, I, can, I can know it because of the way they love each other. And as you keep praying today, why is it that we're, we're drawn into things that don't matter so much? The reality is that we're looking for something. We're looking for something. We've got a void in our lives. And maybe more of this will satisfy. And maybe more of this will, will fill my emptiness. And the problem is that you can have more and more and more. And you can have an unlimited amount of that stuff. And it will never fill the, wor- the void you have. Why? Because you were not created by God for that stuff. You were created by God for God. And the challenge is that we do life in a self-centered world. And the reason we're so self-centered is because we're sinners by nature. And we want what's best for us. But the truth is God created us for what's best for Him. He created us to bring glory to Him, to live for Him. And our selfish nature wants us to live for us. And suddenly we feel distant from God because of all we've done wrong. And the beauty is that God became one of us in the person of Jesus who was without sin and became sin on the cross. And he died and he rose again so that anyone who believes in him, and that includes you, who calls on his name, will be saved. Every sin you've ever committed would be washed away and you would be brand new. You're searching and you're longing for something. And let me tell you what it is. You are searching and longing for a relationship with God. You're searching for that, and through Christ, you can have it. Nothing else will satisfy. Many of you, that's why you're here today, and you sense it. You know that there's more. And so today, by faith, it's time to call out on him. And you say, yes, Jesus, I need you. I surrender to you. I want you in my life. You are becoming my Lord. Today, I give my life to you. If that's your prayer, would you just lift up your hand high with me right now all over this place? You say, yes, that is my prayer. I see those hands in the back. God bless you. You can put those hands down. I see those hands right there. You can put them down. God bless you. Anyone else on this section over here? Anyone else? We're going to say a prayer right now. Would you all pray together? We're family and no one prays alone. Everybody pray. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me new. And Jesus... Be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Fill me with your Spirit so I can know you, so I can serve you, so I can follow you. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Would you all worship big today? Would you thank God? Thank you, God. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord.